see, that's one of the biggest thing that scares me, right? Is that I'm going to make a choice that isn't a hundred percent me. And at the end of the day, you only have a disdain for the other person because you feel like, damn, I did this for you. Yes. I, I didn't do it for me. I did this for you. Yes. So now you're spending the next like six months of your life trying to fucking recuperate those bad yeah. decisions that you made and find your own way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just find that inner peace again where it's like I knew what I was supposed to be doing. Like, you know, you know what's right. You know what's wrong for yourself. Like, you know, at the end of the day. So. When you make those decisions that aren't fully for you, there becomes a little bit of resentment. And you can't even maintain a fully healthy relationship with that type of resentment. And that's why, <laughs> that's why I say you can never be friends with an ex. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And today I got a special guest, definitely getting into a different type of content creation. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lex. That's it. I just Be- beats by Lex. Got go, go so on. nervous. Oh my god. Go ahead and give yourself a real introduction. What do you do? So I'm a content creator. Uh, I go by Beats by Lex, and I help transition um, OnlyFans into more of a content creation. So what do you do on there? Um, I do music production and all things music. So I talk about music, um, tips for music. Um, I'll feature artists as well. Um, I post the music videos that I'm in at times as well. So just all things music. Shout out Drew the Kid, Kama Sutra. Yes. I, She's the girl that stole all his shit. <laughs> I, I was. Um, that was a really fun music video to make. Man, I think that uh, what you're doing is really dope. And I swear when uh, when me and her first talked, she was like, yeah, I'd love to do something. Uh, I was like, well, what do you do? And she's like, I do OnlyFans and music. And I was like... <laughs> All right, I guess we'll I guess we'll try it out. But yeah, no, that's super dope. Uh, I checked out her page and everything. Make sure you guys go check it out. Today we're gonna talk about a lot of different things. So make sure you guys go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Don't forget, and make sure you catch Beats by Lex. Let's get into it. Right, you do so much, and uh, when we were talking through text, you had mentioned that you only really get to live once. That's something that really weighs on me a lot of the times. Where I always feel like I'm chasing some shit. You know, it never feels like I'm satisfied with what I have in life. And uh, that's literally an episode I did, Never Satisfied. So, man, it's kind of crazy that this topic came back around, right? But you do OnlyFans, you do music, you're a model. So you do a lot. How has this lifestyle impacted the relationships you have? Oh, that's a really good question. I can start with a very basic way it's impacted me. Um, It's hard for me to date people that have a 9 to 5. Um, because they're working nine to five and they have this weird schedule where I'm just like, hey, let's go. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Like, let's live our life to the fullest. And um, when I had a nine to five, it was easier to maintain relationships with people who also had a nine to five. Like, hey, let's meet at happy hour at five o'clock and like drink after work or like have those type of friendships, um, those work relationships. So now I'm surrounded by a different group of people um, and maintaining relationships that more correspond with my lifestyle. So I think that's definitely the biggest factor that people probably look past is just lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like it's impacted you mentally? Um, mentally, it definitely took a lot of courage to start doing everything. For years, I, I knew I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what I wanted to do, but I've always been wrapped around music, and I loved music. Um, 
And it took a lot of courage to like start doing things. And when I actually started to do things, um, I was extremely nervous because I didn't want to put myself out there in any way. Everyone has this fear of being judged. Um, and then as I started doing it, it felt more liberating. So now it's like, hey, like you may sit here and judge me um, for not living like the status quo, like what everyone else is doing. But like, I feel free. I can wake up. I can do yoga too. I can go on vacation. Like I can do the things that I've always wanted to do. Um, so mentally, it's a little bit of a roller coaster, but I, honestly, overall, I'd say mentally it's been really good because I'm free. I think that that's dope, honestly. And I kind of want to circle back to the fact that, you know, you said maintaining those relationships. I think that when, you know, I was watching an interview recently. Uh, it's an artist. His name's Josh K. He's actually from Chicago. I was trying to set something up with him, and I did a lot of research into him, right? Um, and he talks about how they asked him, they're like, do you feel like you could date somebody who's like a lawyer or you could date somebody who's really professional as a creative? And he said that when I first started, no, because when you're first starting, you need somebody that's going to support you, you know, no matter what you're doing. And a lot of people who are super professional and just have this idea of what they want their life to be as regular nine to five job, family, kids, stuff like that. Right. They put your dreams to the side and they say, do something realistic. Don't fucking do that. You're not going to fucking make it. Yes. Whereas once you make it, that's who you are and that's your career. So somebody professional will have to accept, you know, I'm not going to change them. And it's it's a weird it's a it's a weird thing to experience because like you like Drew said, he's like, you weren't in there shooting. You weren't shooting in the gym with me when I needed it. Now you want to be around just talking about that. I really think that, you know, you following your passion and those relationships that the way that they're impacted. I didn't think about that until you mentioned it. Wow. My head just circled in 10 different places. It'd be like that. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. I felt that. Uh, honestly, I felt like I was rambling for a second. No, I was following everything, and then I, I was like, which way do I go? I could go 10 different ways right now. <laughs> That's the perks of being the host. You figure out how to fucking navigate that shit. Um, but, you know, the song that I took from this was Juice World Fast, where he says, I've been living fast, feeling really bad. This life moves really fast, but hurry up and get in your bag. And... Man, life really does fucking move fast. So one minute you're in one place, the next minute it's a year or two later. And when he says get in your bag, right, a lot of people would think, oh, go get your money, go do that. But really it's also, you know, find what's going to make you happy. Juice World was a person who never really found that happiness. He was always trying to find something that made him happy, right? And that's why he took the drugs and numbed him. You live so fast, life catches up to you like nothing. He was 19, right? And died at 21. Yeah. And he had all this fame rushed to him from 18 to 19. So when I think about shit like that, it's like, wow, life fucking just passes you up. And you can't really take anything for granted. You know what I'm saying? Um, for you, what is something that you want to accomplish before all that passes you up? This is going to sound so crazy, but... The first thing that comes to mind isn't necessarily accomplishing something, but actually taking a second from the rat race and like going to visit my grandparents or like taking my mom on a vacation. 
like being able to do those little things because you're so stuck in every day. Um, oh, I have to get this, I have to get that. But really, like that would be a small accomplishment that kind of gets pushed to the side when you're working so hard. Yeah, you definitely forget about, you know, the people that grew with you, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I say all the time that I'm selfish, right? And I'm yeah. I'm selfish in the fact that I know what I want and I'm gonna continue to pursue it and keep going. And maybe here and there I'll forget like my family who is always there right but that's because i feel like they're always gonna be there and that's not the reality because one day it's all just gone i think about that in the fact that like my grandma's right when my grandma's passed away i was like i never thought i never thought about it i was like that's not gonna happen anytime soon and then out of nowhere you know it's like oh you got two months to live and i was like well I guess that it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? That that hits different. <laughs> that hits different for sure. Yeah, it was just one of those things where I was like, damn, it really be like that out here. Something else you had mentioned to me was living living life enough, living out your 20s when all your friends are settling down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about that a little bit. I, especially me, I grew up in Michigan, in a small town. Michigan. Yes. You're probably like a Lions fan or some shit. Um, people were growing up. Uh, I can't say that I was. My dad was always from Chicago. So um, also my sister dated uh, Brian Erlacher's brother. So like my my dad. Hey, man, know, don't don't be trying to claim Chicago. You're not from Chicago. No, but I, I, they were always pushing like uh, the bears on me. I never knew anything about football. That was like my only... Um, my only uh, memory of the, the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so bad with sports. Like, that is all I have. Um, my sister, like, loves football and stuff. But, yeah, no, I grew up in a small town where, like, it's, like, tip of the Bible belt. Everybody's, like, very religious, owns a farm. Everyone's Dutch, too. So, like, I was, you know, the darkest person in my town. It was just very, very small town. Um and then sounds terrible it was it was um the only fun thing was it was on a lake so like we had boats and stuff which was fun um but everybody is settling down and getting married and i'm not saying like oh that's a bad life but i really had to come to terms with like oh that's not the life for everybody like oh it's okay that i'm you know pushing this age and i'm not having kids right now or even thinking about settling down like my first thing I want to do is travel like not all of us had that luxury as a child to be able to travel the world so um I'd like to do it before I reach an age of like 30 or 40 and then I do decide to settle down um but yeah it's hard watching everybody on Instagram and Facebook like oh I'm engaged oh I have a kid um I don't know what I'm having for dinner (laughs) like (laughs) um That hit, that <laughs> hit. But you know, I don't gotta worry about that because I'm I'm a little too young. So my people are weird because not I mean not weird, but to me they're weird, right? Yeah. My boy, he's dating a girl who had a kid already. We were like 19 when he got with her. Yeah. So to me, I was like, what are you doing over there, bro? What are you doing over there, bro? Um, my other homie. He broke up with one girl to go get with another girl after he was dating the other girl for like three years. And I was like, what are you what are you doing over there? <laughs> like these these dudes are like young as fuck 
like I'm, like I said, I'm 22, so my boys are the same age, and they're over here fucking basically married, right? But the lyric I was pulling up was from Big Sean's Living Single, right? Because that idea of getting too old to be doing certain shit, and you see all these people, like, getting married, getting having kids, all that shit. So the lyrics specifically from Big Sean's Living Single, right? He says, so the one girl guys who claim they don't need more, like my dude Henry, he married at 24. I'm like, why? Why? You supposed to be with her longer than your ass been alive. He like, ah, fuck it, we about to do therapy. And uh, this from his boy's perspective, right? It's at least when I hit the doctor, I'm carefree with no plan Bs. You probably never got tested and had that type of clarity. I'd rather live my life with that lifetime guarantee. Go ahead, keep living that life you know you too old to. And he says, fuck it, I started laughing and pretend like I ain't listen, even though he's on target with everything I've been missing. Wow, I literally got goosebumps from that. That's not that's not even the whole verse. But <laughs> when I think about my homies, right, I think about, like, that security that they do have with, you know, the people that they love. And... Like I said, I'm young, but the idea of that, yeah, it's appealing. It's appealing to have somebody that has your back 24-7 that's going to support you endlessly, right? But at the same time, it's like, I'm not going to settle for something less than what I believe I deserve. A hundred percent. My dad always told me you have a hundred percent to give yourself and you are with somebody else. You're giving them 50. Now you only have 50 to give yourself. And, like, yeah, I do think that there's something to be said about having that stability and that person that's always there for you because then it's almost like nothing else in the world matters but your relationship and this little paradise that you build. But I do think that you give up part of yourself. And I've noticed myself stumbling into relationships and all of a sudden I'm not who I am and I'm not making choices that are best for me. I'm making choices that are best for us. And I feel like I'm giving up a part of myself and what I could be in my potential. What's one of those decisions that you feel like has really stood out to you in that sense? What do you mean? Like, what's one of those decisions that you said that I've made in the best interest of us rather than myself? (laughs) There's quite a few. Go ahead. Put yourself on blast. (laughs) I'm about to put myself on blast. Even, like, not leaving certain locations or, like... Yeah, like not moving out of the city because, hey, like this person wants to build something with me. So I end up staying in the city where I could have moved out a long time ago and been somewhere else. Um, And I felt like that choice was for me. But because I wanted to maintain a relationship, I I stayed in a city that I felt like wasn't fully my choice, Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of life altering. (laughs) It's um, quite a choice to make uh, when it's just not your own. See, that's one of the biggest things that scares me, right, is that I'm going to make a choice that isn't 100% me. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you only have a disdain for the other person because you feel like, damn, I did this for you. Yes. I, I didn't do it for me. I did this for you. Yes. So now you're spending the next, like, six months of your life trying to fucking recuperate those bad decisions that you made and find your own way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and just find that inner peace again where it's like, I knew what I was supposed to be doing. Like, you know, you know what's right. You know what's wrong for yourself. Like, you know at the end of the day. So when you make those decisions that aren't fully for you, there becomes a little bit of resentment. And you can't even maintain a fully healthy relationship with that type of resentment. And that's why, (laughs) that's why I say you can never be friends with an ex because you've given so much to that person that 
see, I got two different sayings that are going to fucking like contradict one another, but they go together, right? It's you can never be friends with the next one because there's always going to be those leftover feelings, right? You're also going to hate them, right? Yeah. Right off the bat, right? But time heals all wounds. I agreed with that too quick. <laughs> yeah, you're going to hate them. But time heals all wounds. Uh, to me, it's like no matter how bad shit could have gotten, right? You're going to heal from it eventually. You don't got to go in, out of your way to have a conversation with them and be like, yo, like, let's be best friends. No. But that wound's going to fucking heal for you on the inside. And if it doesn't, you're just living with a lot of hate and anger. And wh who the fuck is that helping? Like, it's yeah. it's not like it's going to hurt the other person. Exactly. It's only hurting you. It's drinking poison. It's so wild because there have been re relationships where I've literally still been... I, I thought I was fully healed and then something will come out like 10 years later and I'm like wow like that was still a wound that like I'm just now figuring out how to heal um, I do think that when you're not listening to yourself and you're going into those relationships that aren't for you it, it causes some type of damage that you have to uh, allow to heal time and then that time like new experiences um, hopefully more positive than negative experiences um, but those experiences will start to like open your eyes to realize like, oh, this was never meant to hurt me. Like this happened and now I can see it fully, like literally eight years later. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. And uh, that's that shit has never been more uh, more visible for me than ever. Right. Because I feel like everything in my life has kind of led up to this. You know, I literally talk about every single thing that has happened to me. And on top of that, every single step in that journey has only made what I do better. And uh, like right now, I'm creating a program with After School Matters on podcasting. Right. And it's more than just podcasting. Like we're going to do video editing. We're going to do weekly journals for the kids to like focus on their mental health. Oh, that's awesome. And when I was in high school, I was doing so many different types of activist work that I was like, man, fuck this. I'm never going to use this shit because to me, I really didn't give a fuck about it. I was doing it to boost my resume. Now it's boosting my resume in a positive manner where these companies are going to look at it and be like, man, like he's really been putting in work for mental health and art, the arts since he was in high school. But like I said, when I was doing it, I didn't give a fuck about it. Now it, it's my time to show like everything happens for a reason. And for a long time, I hated the fact that I used to do shit just because. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know. That was my little rant right it's, there. It's kind of like you don't really see the purpose. And I think Steve Jobs said it like you can't see it looking forward, but you can connect the dots looking back and see like, oh, I did this. And at the time, I thought it was for no purpose, but there's definitely a purpose now yeah it's crazy as fuck what i wanted to transition to was uh friendships right strained friendships yeah a lot of the times it feels like those friendships get strained because of different paths you take in life yep. it's just like we mentioned right those relationships are totally impacted based on what you do my friends they you know, work a nine to five one sells cars one sells service for cars and the other one works at like the airport or some shit right yeah and then there's me who does this shit i went to college it's not to demean them or say anything bad about the path they chose right mm -hmm. i took the basic path and now i'm actually following what i want to do and being creative 
And when I was in college, that gap between where we stood in life really showed because they had to go work. And then there was me who was out partying, doing dumb shit because I could, because I was a stupid 19-year-old. And uh, the song I pulled for this one was The Remorse by Drake. And he says, even when I come back, I don't know if it's me that's going to be coming back. As soon as I left, I had to make peace with that. And the reason I took that one was because every experience that you have, my boy Hayward said, every experience you have is going to change you. So when you leave, when you when you leave that neighborhood, you're not going to come back the exact same person. When I went to college, I definitely did not come back the same person that I was when I started. Right. And my people who I grew up with, when they went to work, they didn't come back the same exact people. All those experiences that you have throughout life are going to impact you and change the person you are. And that's why I got into psychology. Right. Because everything in life is going to impact somebody and it's fucked up that like people become broken because of life you're never going to be the exact same person and it's sad that that innocence kind of gets taken away from you over time no matter what happens to you right you can you could have lived the best life ever but there's still something wrong with that person who had the perfect life that person probably didn't get enough attention from their parents because they had the perfect life. They had all that money. They had somebody that was going to take care of them, but they didn't have that affection from their parents. There's something wrong with that person that didn't have the money because now they had to struggle throughout their life. And they maybe they had their parent around. Maybe their parent was at work. But all those different things and different circumstances in life are going to impact you, right? But yeah, I had a question for you. Yeah. How has your personal growth caused relationships to fail? Another good question. So actually pretty recently, I this is going to expose me so much if any of my friends watch this, but I had a really, yeah. <laughs> I had a really good friend for years. Um, you know, a beautiful girl. We had a very fun friendship, really big group of friends. Um, and I was like, our friendship progressed like I started to work and like I guess make more money and I started to get kind of frustrated that she was going down a different path because like she wasn't able to do things because you know I'm trying to say this like say it without hopefully not offending anybody like she was just I was getting like frustrated I was like hey like I'm trying to help you out like I just want to be able to like do things together and like share experiences together and like when you try to help somebody who's not ready to like go down a certain path like mm, it's not it's not a good look like you you want you're going down this path you can't bring everybody with you um and it, it just started to cause a lot of friction and it kind of just got to the point of no return so um you know there's obviously mental health that plays into it too but the fight that there was kind of a fight past no return that our friendship got to and that shit hurt worse than a breakup like that was probably still to this day something that I struggle with every day losing somebody I was so close with um just I'd say essentially the root of it was just going down different paths so what path do you feel like they were taking that wasn't the same as yours um I don't want to call anybody out 
I feel like you're not calling anyone out. You're not stating their name. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Not stating their name. But long story short, some there was this this girl who was like a total bully, and she actually I don't know what she did, but she found my old best friend's porn video with her ex boyfriend, and she put it on blast with everybody, and everybody was turning their back on her. They're like, oh, like you know, this is like not cool, and like this girl's like, you know, a uh, a good girl like you wouldn't really expect her to do something like this so everyone was kind of turning her back on her and like I feel like I was the only one there for her like I was like you know like this isn't cool like I really stood up for her in a sense of like I'm not gonna judge you based on like what somebody's trying to do to you like I'm gonna judge you on you like I don't think it's cool to judge somebody because somebody sent out a porno because they were mad at you like that's just so not cool um so between the friction of like the friend group and then like I'd say the biggest path was like I would I just really wanted to work like I was I've been in a mindset where like I want to work I want to grow I want to establish a future and she's just party 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 um with like no purpose of like well granted she she has grown a lot and like you know I wish her the best I, I know she's probably doing really good and stuff right now but at the time, it was just too much partying. I couldn't do it. Like I'm, I'm tired. I feel like partying does a strain on your mental health when you're, when you're like excessive drinking, excessive, uh, not sleeping. It's just there's a strain, and you only have so much energy to give, and you want to put it into working. So, um, it was a whole scenario that happened, and I definitely like, I'm still emotionally recovering from the whole thing, and. Uh, there were so many factors that played into it. But yeah, I think one of the biggest things is I wanted to work and she wanted to party. And I wanted her to work with me so we could go party like in another country. I'm like, just, well, like, let's go work and like, you know, like do fun things together instead of like just partying and getting blacked out. And what do you feel like was the hardest part about, you know, that separation? And do you feel like that relationship will ever be fixed? No. I think it is a lost cause. Um, do I wish otherwise? Yes. But the way that she portrayed me was so one-sided that it's like anybody... There's no going back from that. I didn't talk shit about her after it was done. I was just kind of like, peace be with you. Let's like That sucks that happened. But I would hear the things that she would say about me, and I was just like, really? Like, we're really going to go there? I just... I don't think either of us will ever become friends again. Um, what was the first part of the question? What was the hardest part about that separation? I would always go see her um, in L.A. So, like, our we have mutual friends in L.A. Um, so that's definitely hard. Um, but definitely losing all the memories. Like, we did have a lot of memories together. Um, we had a lot of mutual friends, and we had mostly memories like years of memories those memories be beating my ass all the time <laughs> um that's that's my thing right obviously with this podcast i kind of reminisce a lot and i think that just like i said those memories are gonna make you who you are and you can lose the person but those memories are gonna last forever right mm -hmm. and yeah i think that holding on to those and reflecting on those is is always important you know you you don't gotta you don't even got to like the memory. You, you don't got to sit there and cherish it. You can fucking hate the fact that you remember this person for this specific moment. But being able to go back on it and think about it and 
see where you were at that point in your life and where you are now is so crucial. It was such a learning experience for me. And I'll be as open and call myself out now, but this is a little embarrassing. But I started going to therapy after that because, like, that hurt. Why Why do you feel like I, you're calling yourself I'm out saying so that? I'm so shy. Like, I, I hate people knowing my business, but I guess I am. You know, if people don't talk about it, then people don't talk about it so it's probably better too but I went to therapy I I already had a therapist but that that event was just so like catastrophic for me that I ended up going back to my therapist and um, she ended up giving me a diagnosis um, of borderline personality disorders like a type of BPD not a type BPD which um, I don't think I would have ever figured out if if that event didn't happen so it, it, it did lead to that, which um, eventually led to, like, you know, me doing treatment and, like, figuring out, like, oh, like, that type of stuff is curable. Like, you can, you can retrain your brain. You can do things like that. Um, but it was definitely a learning experience that I would not have gotten to that if, if such a catastrophic event didn't happen. So with that diagnosis, what did that how did they come to that conclusion? My therapist knew me for years. So she actually wanted, fun fact, she actually wanted to diagnose me years ago. But I just stopped seeing her. So when I went and saw her again, she wanted to make sure I was like fully prepared to hear it before she told me. So about like three sessions in, she was like, all right, I think it's time to break the news to you. Like, I just wanted to tell you this. And I was like, you know, I had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling. What does that like include, though, like um, that diagnosis? Yeah. So basically it is um, when you have like an inconsistent childhood. Um, your amygdala in the front of your brain grows a little bit bigger than the rest of your brain, which puts you in a chronic state of fight or flight. So you look at things very black and white. Um, and you basically have to train your brain to get back down to base level um, and not chronically be in fight or flight. So you'd be running away from your problems. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do run. Um, Obviously, you ran away from your therapist. I did. I did. <laughs> not, not to put you on blast, but, you know. I did. It really be like that. No, nah, I know somebody that was like that. Broke my heart, but that's a, that's a different <laughs> story. <laughs> you start to see things from, like, a different lens, too, because I'm like, oh, wow, like, you know, maybe this situation wasn't what I always thought it was because – there was so much to learn about myself, um, which the last two years of my life have just been completely that. What do you feel is like the most important lesson you took away from therapy? The first thing that comes to my mind is maybe saying learning how to fully communicate, um, not taking like yes or no, like just saying it to like please somebody else, like actually learning how to communicate like, hey, this doesn't feel right right now. Like, how about we talk about this and come to a compromise or like just basic communication <laughs> yeah you seem like you know how to communicate pretty well <laughs> but <laughs> i think that everybody needs therapy i've said it multiple times uh i think that everybody like i said everybody's broken everybody has problems yeah. so definitely go to therapy figure out your problems i don't want to go to therapy and figure out my problems but you you guys you can figure that out it's it's always uncomfortable and people don't want to go in there but like i I would prefer to have people around me in my life that have been to therapy and that understand why they do what they do and how to communicate. Mm -hmm. See, my thing is, I know what's wrong with me. I got anxiety, right? Yeah. To me, it's like, what's a therapist going to tell me how to deal with the anxiety? You could Google that shit low key, which doesn't <laughs> always work, right? But 
you can you can google it you can figure out what's going to trigger you what's not going to trigger you what mm-hmm. to avoid and what to you know consistently do it just seems like something you're going to have to learn like you you have to learn to like manage more and cope with more like all right this is how it is so let me figure out how to m- make it as ease like pain-free as possible yeah you literally got to learn to live with it and that shit sucks because you there's no real like there's no manual to it right there's literally no fucking manual to tell me like yo here this is how you're gonna live life enjoy it it's not like a nursing home brochure where you're like oh you know i would like that somebody give me a brochure on how to live life for real though mental health be mental health be something else and you know what impacts your mental health even more? What? Relationships. Situationships. Go ahead and talk about yours. Oh, man. Um, I think it's going to go back to me enjoying having somebody to be there and, like, share memories with and share experiences with and, like, you know, like, even the littlest thing, like, oh, my gosh, I just saw a purple bird outside. And, like, you're able to tell that person. Um but then it goes back to like taking away from myself. So I currently got myself in a situation ship where it's like I, you know, I care for this person, this person cares for me, but I feel like I'm not making choices for myself, mm. which just fucks a lot of things up when you're not making choices for yourself. Do you feel like you enjoy the idea of a relationship more than you actually enjoy the person? No, I I think I'm still like a buddy person. Like I find myself having like a best friend or a boyfriend, like in the sense of like, I think I like to do things with one person and enjoy life with one person. Um, I don't necessarily think like the romantic aspect of a relationship is super important to me. I think it's more just like having a best friend. But then that's, you know, that's also included in the relationship, right? You like the idea of the relationship of having somebody, but... At this point, do you feel like it's just the idea of having somebody or you actually like like the person? I definitely have to like the person. Um, I think I would rather be fully alone than not enjoy the person's company that I'm around. Um, as for like long term and getting married, like that's not even in my my brain. So I, I hope that whoever I'm like spending my time with can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um I was just talking to my friend earlier, low-key, and her has been single for, like, four years now. Some some shit like that, right? And I'm like, damn, you you uh, you find a way to s- stay single more than I do because I uh, – same thing with me. Like, I've been single forever and a half, and I, I enjoy it being that way. Like, yeah, I like the idea of a relationship. I like the idea of having somebody around, and obviously, like, there have been people around, but – I've never been the person to be like, I explain it, right? I explain the fact that I have my priorities. You can be around if you want to be around. Yes. If you feel like you need more from me, cool. Let me know. Maybe I'll give you more if I can. If I can't, I'll let you know. At that point, it's your choice to stay or go. Yeah. Right. Also, I tell them like, listen. If you feel like you have somebody else that can give you more than I can, by all means, go do what you got to do. Because just like the song by August Alsina, wait, I'm not telling you to wait. I'm just hoping that you wait on me. But in reality, 
or drew the kid right that hit home <laughs> i'm not telling you to wait forever but you know you'll be waiting forever you have a choice yeah. you have a choice yeah. they you know that person communicates to you like hey this is what i can give and um this is super i don't i don't know if this flows into this but like it's hard you asked me what uh to maintain relationships it's hard to maintain relationships also and give that energy I don't think people understand how you probably do how much energy content making. This <laughs> is annoying, bro. Like, like between music videos, podcasts, music, any type of content that you're making, you're putting on like you are giving so much energy to it's that. It's a second job. It, like if yeah. you have a real job, well, not a real job, but if you have yeah. a day job, it's a second job because. And the thing about me is I'm lucky, right? Because at my day job, I'd be editing the videos yeah. and I'd be doing all that shit because all I got to do is watch some kids. And the kids know. They'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't worry about it. And then they see I'm editing. So they're like. "It's a, Yeah, it takes a lot of energy just to put on and edit and be there. Mm -hmm. So um, that definitely puts a strain on a lot of things. Just having, even like going out for me, I'm like, oh, I'm doing so much content from unlike every aspect that i'm just like eh, i think i'm not gonna go out tonight but like if you want to like hit the gym tomorrow like i'm down for that because <laughs> i'm just so tired i'm not gonna lie i just recently had somebody get mad at me because i had to stay in and edit a video they're like let's go out i'm like i literally gotta edit tonight and they're like you never want to go out this this and that and i'm like listen like i got priorities what do you want me to do and they're like all right, well, I'll talk to you later. And I'm like, all right, peace out. Because at the end of the day, like like I said, it doesn't matter what you think. Yeah, and who's dealing with the repercussions of not, not doing the video? You. <laughs> but going back to those relationships, right? Uh, the situationships, man, uh, they be toxic. They be toxic for real. And you know what song recently came up that like has been hitting me? Uh, because I look back, right? It's "Hate Me" by Juice World and Ellie Goulding. Man, Juice World be having bangers, right? Uh, he says, "Hate me, hate me. Tell me how you hate me. Tell me how I'm trash, and you could easily replace me." And it's those toxic relationships where it's like, man, you will literally you fall so in love with the person, and I almost feel like it's the chase that you're like, man, I'ma get it, I'ma get it, I'ma get it, and they can literally treat you like trash be like man you ain't shit i'll go find another one and you're still so infatuated yeah sometimes i think i'm the toxic one you're, you're the one that's breaking hearts out here i think i'm the toxic one and it, it doesn't feel good it hurts that situation turned me into the toxic one so you know it is what it is mm -hmm. what makes you say you're the toxic one i think that i stay in things for too long and like i lose my patience and out of losing my patience I get angry and like mean and I'm just like dang I could have just walked away but instead I'm like not the nicest person right now and it doesn't it doesn't feel good to not be a nice person I'm like do you be verbally abusing people out here like I feel like that's what you're trying to get at right now is that like when you get into <laughs> arguments you don't you don't be uh you don't be walking away you just be like man I, I got you <laughs> I go I take it too far I take it too far Oh, I take it way too far. It's all right. At least you know. At least you know you're a red flag. I am. A, if you like me, that's a red flag. <laughs> that is a red flag in itself. She said, I am not okay to be cared about. Just leave me alone. 
<laughs> Pretty much. We covered a lot today. I feel like uh, we exposed you enough, low-key. For sure. We're going to wrap up right now. Yeah, for so, sure. So, I mean, today, really, we just talked about, you know, living life in your 20s, being young, and trying to find your way in life. You know, there's so many things that you have to navigate, right? You have to navigate broken relationships. You have to navigate strained friendships. You have to navigate the fact that you're continuing to grow through all of this and you have to realize your faults while also realizing your greatness so with that being said let's close out with you promoting yourself go ahead and give yourself a shout out and anything that you got coming up for sure um i definitely have new oftvs coming out every week which you can see on the app oftv don't worry, guys. If people see you download OFTV, that you just explain to them it's not what you think. It's not what you think. It's a curated YouTube, pretty much, um, where content creators are just, you know, utilizing the platform. Um, I have I have a lot of those coming up, um, and I think that's pretty much all I work on all day is just OFTVs. So check out my OFTVs and Beats by Lex. Go check out her music video with Drew the Kid where she robs him. It's pretty funny. You should definitely check it out. Where she's leaving Sarah's house. <laughs> if you know, you know. It came so naturally to be toxic in that video. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate you coming through. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, it was a great time, and hopefully we can have another conversation. This was just like a good little detox. There you guys go. Thank you for watching. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Sad Boy Radio. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.